Philadelphia. 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 Do we have the correct pronunciation of your name? upon the ground and gaze to the west down Walnut Street. Dare I leave this space? Center City? It has been reduced to rubble, yes. And my horse has been pierced by like a million horny laser beams. But what lays across the Walnut Street bridge over that wild and elegant river? More devastation, I am sure. The massive universities. The tenured faculty with their gnashing fangs and baby boomer ideals. But press on, I must. I have a final M. F. A critique to attend. There, I will find my comrades. There, I will know peace. Welcome back to another episode of the Humor and the Abject Podcast, you Liberty Bell cracking screedlers. This is Staff Only, the podcast studio manager. This is the first in a short series of Philadelphia interviews, as Sean danced his little butt down there on the Greyhound bus like a bat out of hell last weekend. He has since returned to New York, but I was not so fortunate. I am waging an unholy war upon the city, clamoring for my own independence from this infested nation. Anyways, our guest today is artist James Alister Sprang. He is a special lad who has called Philadelphia his home for the last two years. If you already know him, you're already in love with him. If you don't already know him, get ready to commit adultery. Let's turn it over to your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 60 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. This past weekend, Screedlers, I got the chance to go down to Philadelphia, which was super fun. The next couple episodes that you're going to be getting will be ones that I recorded during my visit. I want to give a shout out to the whole city of Philly for its hospitality. I had some amazing food, and I really wish that I could have been there for longer than like two days. I didn't get to see several people that I wanted to meet up with. Um, So this is the first interview from my trip that I'm releasing, and it's with one of my favorite people and favorite artists of all time, James Alistair Sprang. James and I first met when we were in a residency together at BHQFU several years back, and to be honest and maybe sound a little cheesy, he was a serious inspiration to me at the time, and he still continues to be. Um, he really encouraged me to 
just kind of, uh, we talk about it a little bit in the episode, but he'd always just tell me to just fucking do it. Just do it. Even when I was afraid to, to try something. He was really helpful in crits and stuff like that too. And, um, you know, when I was in the residency with him and Andrea Rubla and all these other great people, uh, over the course of the summer, I saw him develop, um, this persona, this character, and then perform as it, which was known as Gazer. And uh, Gazer is this multidisciplinary rapper, video maker, performance artist, and poet. Um, James himself has a really unique way of describing what Gazer is, and we do get into that uh, later on in the episode. Since we first met, we have remained good friends, and while I was very sad to see him leave New York a couple years back, to do his MFA at the University of Pennsylvania in Philly, what he's been up to there has been nothing short of incredible. Um, I went to James's final critique at UPenn over the weekend, and then we posted up right after with a couple of beers in like a photography room downstairs in part of the campus. I don't really know the lay of the lamb, but it was near like the tech cage. Uh, so we holed up in there, uh, which was really fun, and caught up on the mics. And this is the first time that I'd used this like smaller scale recording setup that I took with me. So you'll probably notice that it sounds a wee bit different than when I'm recording in the kitchen. But I think it still came out pretty decent for not having the home field advantage and uh, having to be a first try, basically. Um, if you're not familiar with James's work yet, I'm really excited that you're getting the chance to learn about it today. Uh, straight from him. So without further ado, here's my conversation with James Alistair Sprang. Um, okay, is this recording? Okay, yeah, I got uh, four hours and 58 minutes left on this. I kind of feel like we're going to be fine. Yeah. I hope to God we don't <laughs> like go to that fucking number. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, well, it's been a long time coming, but James Alistair Sprang, yeah. my buddy, welcome to Human the Abject. Thank you for thank you for doing this with me. I know oh, you're. Thanks for asking me to do this. Yeah, it's great to see you. I know you're extremely busy this weekend, and uh, but it wouldn't be a trip to Philly if I didn't get to see you while I was here. Um, now, thanks, man. You I feel the same. Yeah, way. and and you just told me right before we started, like you've been in school mode for two years, and I don't want to yeah. ask you a bunch of shit about school, <laughs> so we don't have to talk about that. But I do, I do want to talk about I just and we don't have to couch this in a school combo but i did just get to go and see a new piece that you made as part of um kind of like i guess your like final crit or your final review and i don't give a shit about your final crit but i do want to talk about that piece because it was very different than i mean obviously you've been out of new york for a couple years but could you talk a little bit about what that piece contained like visually and sonically and also um what it was doing with language like as material because that that's always been something you've been doing but this is really different Mm -hmm. um so you know can you maybe try to conjure for somebody listening like what did i just see for sure okay yeah i mean to rewind just a little bit to give context to um i mean i started working under the guise of gazer uh who i perform as um and i was doing that in new york when we met each other yeah, actually yeah. that's the first yeah that's like the 2014 first, right 2014, like four years ago yeah that you know we were in that loft yeah and i had no money to like <laughs> buy materials or anything and uh you know we were at bhqfu rest in peace and um i realized that i really wanted to work with music i really wanted to think through language um within the context of hip-hop and you know um 
Because you did, you were music. Yeah, you were doing a lot of um, photography at Cooper, right? I was doing, I was doing a lot of photography at Cooper, okay. but still, it was like my thesis show was called "The Poetics of Gesture," which uh-huh. was, you know, a riff off of the poetics of relation. And um, my point being is that for a long time, I've been thinking about what does it mean to use language as a way to, what does it mean to look at language as an enzyme as a paradigm um, to get at some of like the humanistic qualities that we overlook on the day to day. How can how can we think about the identities that we form in relationship to each other through language and think about the ways in which language prevents that same type of connection? So I was making photos of people performing poems that I was writing or okay. like performing different gestures that related to the poems and then uh you know graduated was broke didn't have a camera <laughs> didn't have anything but my laptop yeah and um some weird ability to rap yeah necessity is the mother of invention right Yo, i mean man. and like really looking back on that time though it's um it's beautiful because i feel like being around you being around dre shout out to arubla um Y'all like really made me feel like I could do that, you know? Like well, you're pretty yeah, fucking good at yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Like use your so, laptop and yeah. like, that's sweet. But But you know. did you did these really for anybody who hasn't seen a gazer performance or, or these are older gazer performances, uh, mm-hmm. but you've still been doing them for a while. But you're doing these really kind of interesting stripped down um like there were rap shows, but you were also, you know, you had your desktop projected, you were doing different things, you were kind of like combing through the internet, doing this sort of like web surf while you were composing like tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those were really fun. And you language was so huge. I mean, in addition to simply writing rhymes, you were so much of it was text based Mm -hmm. and text as material and present in the space via projection. Yeah. Um, With all the little like glitches and weird things yeah, and shit. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. But it was it was cool because it felt like, I mean, a lot of us were kind of figuring ourselves out, I mm-hmm. think, at that time. Yeah, and you were sure. just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that that certainly was, geeked me up because I was just like, oh, James has permission to just do this shit. Like, I can do, like, what I don't know. I remember we used to have crits together. Yeah. And we were like, it was always really helpful because so, you were just like, just do it. And I was like... <laughs> And it wasn't like a kid in like a class where you could be like, well, you don't. But I was like, fuck, James really just, do- he just does it. And you, like, I want you to hear this. Like, you helped, like, real talk, though. I'm going to take helped- a really big drink of this beer. I don't- <laughs> you, you helped me feel like I had permission to do this stuff. Um, and so it, it, it went beyond like not having resources and I really was able to like latch onto and focus in on the things that I was interested in and was starting to gravitate towards. And so now I find myself working on a new project. So basically the work that I was working on while we were together led to a 90 minute performance Mm -hmm. that I did at the public theater as the under the radar um, festival. Um, and uh i was yeah it was it was a great experience i i wasn't i was like a festival with i was in a festival within the festival okay (laughs) it's a way to put it yeah yeah yeah, whatever i don't know i just don't want it to sound braggadocious or anything i'm not like no i mean that was dude but i knew um, about under the radar when i lived in oregon they're risk takers and they're like yeah. yeah and they're looking at what's happening you know um and so point being is that work led to a show called Life Does Not Live. And uh, and I did that 
show there and I toured it very briefly. And I was like, okay, next project. And um, I decided that I wanted to make a work where Gazer wasn't the source of the language. Okay. Is maybe a good way to put it. I, I wanted um, Gazer to take a backseat and be listening, but still thinking through language. So what that led to was me buying like a Serato controller. What so, is that? So what you saw was the product of me getting and buying a Serato controller, which is essentially like um, a digital turntable okay. interface and reprogramming it and adding other MIDI controllers so that I could manipulate recordings of speech that I had taken. Okay, got And it. at first it was just recordings of speech from the internet because I was very much just working through how to program what I was doing, how to mix sound. Yeah. It was a very long process, dude. But essentially now I'm at a point where I'm having conversations with people, much like the conversation we're having right now. And I sample that conversation and I use a library of over like 300 samples that I've taken mostly from the internet mm -hmm. as ways of like supporting um, the pieces that I choose to highlight from conversations that I have mostly with poets up to this point. Cool. So what happens is I mix this speech with music that I make along with a collaborator of mine, Pablo Chia. Um, we go way back. He's oh, a great you know Pablo? Dude. Yeah. You know Pablo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a beautiful human being. Wow. Um, and we make great music together. Yeah. So, um, Wait, where is Pablo these days? Pablo's in the DR. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, cool. Living a wonderful life, <laughs> like being a filmmaker and editor and yeah, doing great That's things. That's great, yeah. But yeah, I'm mixing the speech with that music and I feed that mix into Google's speech API, which is essentially just voice recognition software. Is it like, so is it to do diction into, let's say like a Google doc? Mm -hmm. Like the idea exactly. would be that I can speak into it and then it renders exactly. the text. Exactly, exactly. Which is ripe for fucking around with because those things are... The glitches are wonderful. Yeah, we're not there yet with that yeah, technology, yeah, are we? You know? And <laughs> it's very revealing. It. Yeah. It's very revealing. And that what it what it reveals is not only my interaction with that software uh -huh. up until this point, but also our usage of language within the space of Google. Yeah. Um, and so there's some like really surprising, really heartfelt, really heartbreaking moments that come about when I feed this sound mix into that software. And so you just watch as Gazer, it's a two channel video and you watch as Gazer mixes the sound. And then the second screen and the second um, channel you're watching the document generate itself. You're watching language generate itself in real time. And some of it's very funny. Mm -hmm. And some of it actually ends up being like, kind of like, oh, no, this voice in this, because, um, you know, obviously the people listening didn't hear it. But James, like you said, is manipulating these different vocal things. And sometimes they're, they're sort of a wash and all this reverb. And then sometimes they come through very clearly. And you hear this voice speaking this word, and it cannot be understood by yeah. this program. Yeah. And so you get this like, and even one of them, I don't remember what the word was, but the mm -hmm. program just kept saying wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong, or something over and mm -hmm. over again, which is, yeah, then yeah. it gets kind of like, then there's like this heartbreak that's in it because you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you can't, this thing can't understand yeah. what this person is trying to communicate. And then sometimes it's just hilarious and it says something yeah. that you're like, what the like, fuck? That is like, not, <laughs> clearly not what the person <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In that instance, in the wrong, wrong, wrong instance, yeah. 
uh, this poet named Amber Rose Johnson is just saying the long entanglements of history. Yeah, and that's and who the the video begins with you interviewing. Yes, Amber briefly. It begins with us previewing a recording of the conversation that we've just had. Okay. Um, and kind of just like fast forwarding and scrubbing through the audio. I guess to answer your question, what does it reveal about the program? Yeah. I would say first on a primary level, I don't have the answers to that. I'm more invested in the absurdist nonsense, concrete poetry that's generated, but the way it's generated is it's frequency recognition. It's kind of like a tiered um, algorithm. So on the first level, there's frequency recognition. So I say hello, and the program, the algorithm, recognizes that frequency. Mm-hmm. However, on the second tier, it's like um, phrase recognition. So the likelihood of hello, what's that Lionel Richie song? Hello. <laughs> Is it me you're looking for? So, like, if I would... <laughs> yes, of course. So, like, if I were to say those words in yeah, succession, yeah, yeah. the likelihood of Google hearing that and, like, recognizing that as a phrase is very high. Right, right. Because um, it's a it's a colloquialism or whatever you call exactly. it. Like, it's a, it's a thing that has been uttered. It's a searchable it's text in an order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, got you it. Know? Yeah. Um, but then if you if you play with those frequencies, if I hide that hello, yeah, ooh, that was ugly. <laughs> but if I hide, if I hide that, you've hello, been a long day. It's yeah, fine. it's Don't been worry. a long way. But if I hide that hello in ambient noise or in music that I've generated, I can really play and distort the ways in which it's recognized. So yeah. essentially, we're talking about recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, invisibility. That's so, I think, directly, uh, its lineage comes directly from like, um, like concrete mu- music, concrete, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. this idea of being able to collage sounds, exactly. which I'm a fucking nerd about, and yeah. I know you're a nerd about, and <laughs> I want to see your folder of all the sounds. Like, <laughs> yeah. you describe, but, but I think that there's a history in that. And so it's concrete aspects of like sound and the way that you're playing with it and putting things together that create um, percussive elements or other other kinds of sonic textures that aren't necessarily based on like a piano note or something yeah, else. Yeah. Um, you found this way to couple it with like you're saying, like a visual concrete poetry. It's like writing, you know, yeah. it's like an absurd form of writing. Cause other times I do want it to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. It's being said, you know, and cause there's a, there's a, like a really a chewy moment when that, when it does link up and it yeah. gets it right where mm-hmm. it's not like I'm rooting for this software or something, yeah. but you like, there's an appreciation that you're like, finally mm-hmm. it like, okay, for this sure. thing can understand this voice because mm-hmm. the voices are the way that you're kind of washing them into, they're kind of like echoey and lonely and pulled mm-hmm. out and like mm-hmm. almost like these transmissions from space or something that yeah, something's yeah. trying to pick up on. And I think it's also important to note in the experience of listening and watching it, you're sort of living with the specter of what you've heard and the fact that it has not been registered for you. You know, yeah. it's kind of you're watching the text generate and you're kind of this this memory of what has not found itself onto the page is kind of compounding as you're going through this experience. So moments in where, in which the software recognizes it kind of punctuates that experience. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Um, 
in a way that I, I think is nice and it's funny too. I feel like I've heard you now and you, not that you didn't just do this right the second, but I've heard you describe gazer, this character, this persona, this vehicle that you use, mm-hmm. um, a few times over the last couple of years as, as someone who identifies themselves as a poet, Yeah, which I think yeah. is a really just language wise is a, uh-huh. is an interesting way of presenting. There's like so many extra syllables to me. Like <laughs> gazer's a poet. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is that about? I guess it's just, um, it's just a way in which I can feel comfortable engaging with the form of poetry because I, 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 I'm a huge fan of it. Um, however, at the same time, I, I, I find it hard to say that I am a poet. Um, I, I think rather I'm very invested in the narratives of black experimental writing and um, the ways in which those narratives have been historicized mm-hmm. and the ways in which those narratives have historicized themselves. So I guess me saying Gazer is a guise that identifies as a poet is kind of a way of mediating not only my relationship to language, but the way in which an audience member arrives at the language that's being used, hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Cause it's, I don't only say that. I also say he's a guy that identifies as a poet, um, and has decided to like, to use or deploy language within the space of black music production so that his voice can be heard by a larger audience. And I think, I mean, that's a mouthful. Like I wish I didn't have to say that in the elevator spiel. I think think it does some work, you know? No, it does. And it also, I think what it does is it presents a, in an interesting way, it puts it forward as that you are a, you're critically interested in these things. You research them. You're deeply invested in understanding the mechanics and the structure and the form of, uh, you know, hip hop of poetry, these things like that, but also almost suggests that, your interest in it that you have a reverence for the people who do let's say live that specifically as Mm -hmm. the genre where you're coming as an artist where it's about like paying an homage or something yeah no definitely it's really nice to hear you say that but and not even but i think additionally there's there's something something is immediately at stake right when you say all that language in terms of this is what you're looking at, yeah, it places something at stake on a fundamental level, like the relationship between brown people and language in this in this country specifically, and also the shifting and and how that relationship is constantly placed within a shifting marginality, and subsequently one has to consider the majority mm-hmm. and the majority's relationship to that shifting marginality, which is largely through music yeah. and through like black people singing yeah. and the, the spectacle, the, the, the histories that cannot be denied when you hear a Brown person yeah. hit that note. <laughs> you know? I mean, what is the influence on all music? What is the influence mm-hmm. on whatever it always is? It's, yeah. it's black and Brown people making like, things and then it kind of being like like you said where it can reach a mass audience because of this i don't know it's it's a funny space to occupy though probably i'm sure yeah dude like when people call me well it's not like this happens often but like 
if somebody calls me gazer on the street, it like breaks my heart, dude. <laughs> it's like you don't get it, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, this like never happens, but the few times that that has happened, no, no, yeah. it's like broken my heart. Yeah, it's it's crazy because you have to both be like the the producer and like the arbiter of like this culture or something like that, but you also have to like constantly be like educating other people on how to receive it yeah yeah (laughs) jesus christ yo this is how you listen fam no i don't know but and then like occasionally and then i get like bent out of shape because somebody read a tweet wrong and i'm just like come on man and then i'm just like this is what i this is my struggle yo (laughs) i really fucking tweet (laughs) i don't think i've ever told you this but i really respect your relationship to twitter man (laughs) Cause I I don't have one. I don't know one. if I do. I I don't have one. But you, yo, you're like Twitter king out here. No, I don't do it. I have been a little quiet lately. But I've been yeah. busy. But I have a habit of going on some tears. Yo, I've, I've been deleting good, a lot man. lately. Not like old shit. Like I don't really delete old tweets. But oh, word. I will. I see. It's like a sketchbook. You know Got what I mean? You. Like That's it's nice. a sketchbook to put shit out. And yeah. I I don't really do stand up anymore. But when I did. I would just, that's where I did it. I would like, instead of keeping a notebook, I would yeah. just tweet. And I have always been such a fan of one-liner comedy and mm-hmm. Twitter at the time required its brevity was such that you had to like the economy of that language was so important sure. and you had to like work within that. Um, but I mean, I mean, I do love a good shit post. I, mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's, it's fine or whatever. But so besides, so I think like we've talked a lot about this piece that I just saw today, but what else have you been doing in the studio for like, I mean, you've been, that's been your primary focus for like the last two years. Yeah, like yeah. what else is good? Cause I know you were making, I don't want to blow up your spot we're, objects we're... a little bit. <laughs> don't, blow, don't blow my spot up, I think, bro. I think I saw you make a couple of, no, but you were making, <laughs> but you were, wait, remind wait, me. Did you make things that exist in No, space, you were doing man. stuff though, but then you were doing these weird photographs of them from, remind me yeah, what you yeah. were doing i just remember because no, yeah, you talked at knockdown oh where that was like a year ago though yeah that was a little when, while when you did a talk when dre was doing the the did she put the sunday, sunday series, series together for that yeah, yeah and yeah. and you did one of those talks and so you were talking about different things and we saw you and i saw you talk in the kitchen oh you did yeah, another thing yeah, there yeah, yeah. um but yeah what what was happening at that time what were you working on um Cool. Well, I think it's actually that's like a brilliant segue, man. Thank I love you. how you do the <laughs> low key brilliant segues. Okay, so I think I've had precisely one half of a pass. <laughs> I'm flying high, <laughs> running the on all blue ribbon, firing on all cylinders. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Now I just blew up your spot. We're <laughs> drinking PBR. Oh, that's fine. It's cool, actually. I love it. I'm I'm doing like my little Philly tour, and James that's and I true. are in a room near the kind of like tech cage at yeah. UPenn uh, in Philly yeah, in this yeah. cool little room downstairs. And mm-hmm. it's actually, it's pretty chill. We're like squirreled away in this yeah, like little, this it's little got, room. got like a Xerox machine and a couple, I mean, I guess I haven't even looked at, there's like a photo of a family. Yeah, one, yeah. I like what you did there. I blew up your spot. You blew up my spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's no, I'm just joking, man. Record I'm whatever, just man. joking. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But anyway. So, you, okay. Yeah, what, what, have I, what have I been doing? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think... So the piece we just talked about is called yeah. Turning Towards Radical Listening. And See, then, I wrote it down wrong, and I didn't say it because I was afraid that I wrote it down wrong, and I did. So I'm glad I did say it. Word, word, word. No, I'll just admit so, that. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I love you, bro. So <laughs> the, the, so I, I was 
May, okay, so okay. to describe what you were just describing, yeah. I was pouring concrete in the right. studio and yeah. I was putting like massive amounts of pigment into these pores so that when I stood on the slab after it dried, it would like fragment under my feet and then I'd build these like mounds of concrete and I would photograph them from above and I would call them cairns, mm-hmm. which have historically like pretty much in most cultures you go back far enough and there's there's a his there's a yeah there's a practice of stacking stones to mark sites sites of burial and sites of mythology oh that's fu- fu- okay so, yes no no i know i the word i knew the word and you know why i know the word which sucks yeah why andy goldsworthy really that's like i just remember somebody saying one time like oh somebody word. made some karens like andy goldsworthy but <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, yes. so but yes, yeah, so Bro, he's, you're he's, hilarious. He's exactly. <laughs> I wonder where Exa- you got that from. You know, like <laughs> I'm I'm appropriating too over here. Okay, so, but so you're so you're I building would, these things for but you're making a flat image ultimately. So yeah, know. I'd use like telephoto lenses, um, which I mean extreme telephoto lenses to the point where it's like the type of optics that you would associate with surveillance, you know? And I would docu I would shoot, document, photograph the Karen from above, which creates this like flat image due to the optics. Okay. Um and then I'd present that image to scale on like a, a plinth of concrete that hovers off the ground. Oh. Right. So I was making that work and thinking through concrete as language as metaphor as analogy and that's how i arrived at like kind of yeah as you were saying like utilizing the history of music concrete did you just like like, end up working with concrete and then you made the connection where you like i i use the the like concrete approach a lot i gotta fuck with some concrete or did it just kind of happen and you're like jesus of course, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I mean, to be real, yeah. to be real, I was walking dogs in New York before I relocated to Philly. Uh-huh. And I was just spending so much time on like cracked pavement. Yeah, yeah. And that coincided with the whole the whole Trayvon Martin moment where you see a lawyer in a courtroom with a huge chunk of concrete like as exhibit A. Oh, my God. And yeah. I was like, whoa, there's something here. And so, yeah, I just started... I mean, I knew what I wanted to achieve on an image level, but I had no idea that it would I would be able to bring that back around to the gaze of work that I've been making. Yeah. And wow. I think they work really well hand in hand, yeah, actually, because yeah. I'm not to be didactic, but just to break it down how I see it in my head conceptually. It's like I'm taking these fragments of concrete, I'm creating a landscape and I'm essentially evacuating them of dimension with the imagery and with the gazer soundscapes that I'm making, I'm taking these sonic fragments, I'm combining them. And then this auto dictation software, this voice recognition software is evacuating that of meaning. And, um, so yeah, it's kind of like a two prong process in the studio right now. Yeah. That's, that's wild. I mean, I don't know. I get, I mean, this is part of the reason that I even like to do this is because not that I even like to, but the way that people whose work I admire, the way that they're like the webs in their mind work and the way that things connect or serendipity happens or these kinds mm-hmm. of things, like nobody is alike. Yeah. And the way that people's synapses kind of fire and when stuff creeps in and creeps out that I would have never, like the work, those works make sense to me mm-hmm. just as like a lineage and mm-hmm. knowing you. 
But hearing you describe them in that way, I'm just like, oh, uh huh, uh huh. So like, I I appreciate the <laughs> yeah. the didacticism or whatever you call it. Like, act, no, but really, because it's like, Word. I don't know. You're, <clears throat> I feel like you are probably so close to the work that you might even think like, oh, this is pretty obvious to people or something like that. But yeah. like, I don't think that's Word. that obvious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm also a little thick in the head, but you know, no, I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Wait. I'm definitely in, in the thick of it. What do you, okay. So, and this is, and I'm not bringing this up to talk about school, but somebody said today when they were talking about your piece, one of the faculty, which I thought was actually kind of, at first I was angry that they said it. And then I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, actually this is interesting. Okay. But it was just, they asked about being, so you're doing this mixing stuff and you're doing these things. They talked about being like, like this concept of like a post DJ. Yeah. And as much as I was like, I hate thinking they'll post it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then I was like, Oh wait, this faculty member was like really explaining the shit out of this. And I was like, Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yo, like, she went ham. That I was, was like, really, thank you. no, that was a really smart, yeah. like read and i was just like oh my god it went for me just being like post oh come on yeah, <laughs> to yeah, like yeah. me being like you're right yeah but it's about editing it's about remixing it's about all these other things and also the complications of like the entertainment factor exactly and you're talking about and reaching mass exactly. people i mean and the and a rejection of that yeah and or rather sitting in a rejection of that and everything is like you're sampling the ideas mm-hmm. that you're pulling from and you're trying to make something new and present it to an audience of people and like yeah fuck it's so funny it's a you want you got to get people moving on the dance floor but you still have to have your artistic cred i don't know you know what i mean it's just like a it's that push and pull that's kind of like interestingly in almost every creative discipline where you're meant to be Mm -hmm. taken sort of seriously and intellectually like like if you're a really good dj like you're either like a pop DJ that everybody like loves and can dance to, or you're like a DJ who's like, no, but sometimes it's like kind of challenging, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like DJ spooky, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who I admire and love. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's funny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's like, but so who will forever be on the front? like artistically revered mm-hmm. but forever on the fringe yes right? exactly like, we'll never dip low exactly <laughs> <laughs> you are right like, no matter fucking You're what right. isn't gonna like we'll certainly be able to like do you know they'll like the, like the npr set will ask him to do like the outro music yeah. to, like a weird show about yeah, like exactly. murders or something exactly <laughs> exactly yeah once you have kids in mfa programs reading a book that you put together there's no way cool. you're gonna dip low bro you're like you're stuck but it was it was funny to think about your work like that because i you know my first my first thing is just because i spent time with you when you were like you were specifically using you were talking about rap and talking about gazer as a rapper. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to think about in hindsight. Cause it was like, Oh, you were like as much a producer and DJ, even though you were, you were doing the rhymes, yeah. you were rapping over yeah, it, yeah. but you were, you were visually DJing, you were DJing with text, you're doing all these other things, except you were sort of showing how it works. Cause isn't, I mean, that's also the, that's the kind of mystery of the DJ is they don't play the instrument that you can see. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, like great turntablists, mm-hmm. you can see what they're doing or something. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like a DJ stand is elevated and it's just yeah. a person kind of bopping. Yeah. And that's why everybody now is like, they don't even do anything. Yeah. But then there's like videos of like, it's like, <laughs> still think Skrillex isn't a musician. And then it's like, you know, from the back and just seem like, bow, wiggling, bow. A bunch of, like wiggling a bunch of stuff to like convince you that a uh-huh. DJ does something. But uh-huh. um I yeah, think very... that's that's really astute, man. That's what? Really... That Skrillex what? is a musician? Thank you. <laughs> 
go. But <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> yo, I mean, I he still plays music from 2008, yo. Like I was at a concert where he was playing. Oh, and my friend was like really far away, and every now and then we'd look over at each other and like throw up eight digits like <laughs> that's 2008 bro but the reason i say that's really astute is because you're right like when we were doing that residency together i was i had a friend that was willing to be like my faux dj sure and essentially Homie was just a prop, and he was like, I'm done being a prop, man. Like, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And it really forced me to come to terms with the, the you know, the construct of rapper on the stage, DJ to the, to like, stage yeah, yeah. left. And, um, and I think in this new project, I kind of wanted to take on that space more seriously and think, mm-hmm. of, think through... Um, what that person's doing back there and the politics of what that person's doing back there, like supporting somebody that's rapping and abandoning the authoritative, authoritative voice. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. It's, it just makes me think of sampling in general and kind of like what, cause I'll be honest with you. Like I do a lot of these, uh, I make these like collages for all the episodes and like have a lot of fun with it. And it's like, but there's like this, there's this larger conversation mm-hmm. happening right now where there's like stuff that I won't rip from. Mm. Like there's stuff that I'm just like, mm, I don't think, I don't think I should be like pulling that. Or like, cause in what all, are those lines? Break those lines. Well, down I think a lot me. of it has to do with like, th- I'm trying to make something that's funny. Yeah, true. Which means that I'm not trying to make light of any of the things in, unless it's mm-hmm. like clearly something that needs to be like made fun of. Like yeah. someone describing like a Sotheby's auction, like fuck them. Like I <laughs> gives a shit. Like I'll, I'll make fun of that part. That's fine. But, okay. but you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to like, I admire and spend a ton of time listening to stuff that like my, if you looked at my, like what YouTube suggests for me from what I rip from there, like I look like a fucking psychopath, <laughs> but cause it's like, I look at a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of like Neo, like neocon, like alt right stuff oh, so that I can rip you. stuff from that. And like that weird thing, like so conspiracy theory, like, and as, as but, sample, <laughs> but then like crazy ass, like, I mean, I subscribe to a shitload of like karaoke channels mm-hmm. and like all these weird nerds who make instrumentals out of like, pop punk records that no one would ever like i'm like the 13th view and it must have taken this person like a day to like isolate all this like and they have every track from like you know like a saves the day record like isolated on their pages and stuff like that but then there's other stuff where i'm just like there's certain things where i don't want to like like we were talking about earlier like i don't know how much i'm just like if i don't have to like be pulling from black music because Mm -hmm. it's like clearly great and the melody's great and it's recognizable mm-hmm. whatever like maybe i need to do something different than like continue to just like yank from that because it'd be really easy to like pull sure. i don't know there's so many iconic like rap bass lines and melody lines and mm-hmm. stuff like that that would be like an immediate hit but then i just think about like fucking like girl talk and stuff ah. you know and i'm just like i don't want to be yeah like that or something so it's, i mean i guess it's its own challenge and i bet nobody even fucking nobody would fucking care but the thing I, is, is yeah. like i feel a little weird sampling from you know what i mean like i'm not going to take a bunch of like i'm not going to take a bunch of uh people singing in mandarin or something yeah because like i clearly i don't know what the fuck they're saying (laughs) and like i'm not going to use them like a sonic texture for sure as like a 
as like an aural aesthetic. Yeah, I, but, I hear what you're saying. I mean, but I don't want to be like the fact of the matter is though, like black music is the foundation for all music. It's like the yeah. only music that it's exists. The, it's, it's not like, fair, James. It's the first American music, no, <laughs> clearly. No, and it, um, and it it's and, in everything yeah, that comes from like, the states. There's no like, denying so that deeply, but and, it's just kind of like I don't know. I I just try to think like. But there's so there's already so much stuff that I can pull from that's yeah. like from my repertoire and the stuff that I'm interested in where it's already gone through the filter of like being appropriated by whatever band I like. Yeah. That yeah, like yeah. maybe I don't need to be the primary source of it or something. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. I'm like clearly I mean, overthinking like, it. No, you're but, not overthinking it. I mean, you're 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 walking this line where it's like I'm aware of appropriation happening all around me, but at the same time I don't want to make like segregated soundscapes you know what i mean like <laughs> no dude dude i'm not joking like literally like fucking god wait you're not interviewing me this is fucked up yeah i don't want to talk about this but no no but for real like sometimes i'll do like a oh man like i'll do an episode where i like interview somebody and then i realize that like all of the samples and stuff of like people talking in the beginning that i pull yeah. are like they're mostly like white dudes talking but it's just like, but that's the stuff that I feel like I'm like, I can fucking make fun of like the guys in True Detective. Sure. I can make fun of this. You know <laughs> what I mean? Sure. But like, but like, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to pull like something to like make somebody sound like a buffoon out of like Treme or yeah, something, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. not really my, not really my thing to do. I mean, you know, there's some, there's some people that should read a book in Treme. You if know? it's, it's Wendell like, Pierce, just... I'll do it. God damn it. Because <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, yo, New Orleans is awesome, by the way. I was just there. I've never but, been. Yo, oh my. I know. Oh. I already know. I know. I went for Prospect. It was amazing. Oh, cool! That's yeah, the big ass like city wide. Cool. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Jillian had work in that. And oh, cool. Jillian Mayer did. Yeah. Cool, um, cool. Where was it? People. I don't know. What if the I fuck saw did that she one? tell me she did? She talked about this when I interviewed her, and I'm an idiot because I don't remember. But I think it was maybe a video okay. of skywriting. Okay. Of like a plane writing a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Off. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> returning to regular voice. But I haven't, I, I I haven't been haven't, to New Orleans. I would love to go. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see that one, but it was a great experience. I was going to say something else, though. I mean, yeah, basic, there's a color line in You audio. were going to give me permission to steal music from Tremaine. Oh, first of all. So like, I can get my... Look at DJ AM, you know? Like, he's like, he's the... He was... Wait the oh, he's first dead. girl yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah he's super dead i'm okay with it i'm okay with it. i saw somebody say a little while ago like man i'm sorry but when you die you get roasted and like if you get roasted I mean, that usually you know, means that people either loved you or they hated you but you were yeah. important yeah. so like if you get if you if you die you get roasted and Yo, like, but I, it's been like it's been like it's 12 been years right? and he <laughs> wanted to be dead so like you know like he made that happen wait did he, he die on the blink 182 drummer plane no, he survived that, and then what? went on to massive six. I mean, he was already really famous because he was he on survived a private plane with Travis Barker. They both from, they, they both survived fucking plane and crash. And then he that's white fucking... excellence, my friend. <laughs> Indeed, sir. Indeed, survived <laughs> fucking plane crash. But yeah, he committed Anyways. suicide in like no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh he my like god, locked himself up okay. in. A, but he used to be a drug addict, and he was doing all of these like shows where he was, you know, facilitating rehab to serious drug addicts, and and it was mediated. It was like a TV show. I don't remember the name of it, but 
Oh, not like, like a concert. Like no, he was no. Doing, oh, okay. it was like a it was like a program. Okay. okay. Right, cuz he was like he was, was he dating Nicole Richie at one that point. Was yeah. Something? Yo, he was yeah. on top of the world. And um yeah, I mean, he was just putting himself in the wrong spaces to be in if you're a recovering drug addict. And, yeah. Weird. Uh, just fell down that black hole. But my point was <laughs> yo, he was the first person to like on vinyl too to like spin 6 seconds of biggie you into know. like five seconds uh billy holly like yeah, yeah, doing yeah. some crazy yeah, things yeah. with music especially black music yeah yeah and i mean it was innovative it was like it was beautiful and i guess if he i mean i don't know shit about dj am but if he was <laughs> if he was being i guess like acknowledging the music that he was borrowing from and paying homage to it, then it's like, th- that's a different story. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. like people fucking still love DJ shadow word and he borrowed from fucking everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I guess it was, I don't know. He's got a, he's got an interesting toolkit. It's true. It's true. I guess it's like once somebody just has enough knowledge about what they're working with, yeah, where yeah. it's like undeniable. Or a reverence. That, I mean, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's the same conversation yeah, about yeah. who can write about what work or exactly, whatever. And it's like, yeah, as long yeah. as you're, as long as there's like an understanding and like a criticality and a whatever, yeah. like if you're doing good work, then you're doing good work, I guess. Yeah. But I don't you know. know, if you're at least applying yourself to doing good work, then I could maybe forgive you, even if you're making bad work. You oh, know? yes. You know, well, we're kind of winding down here towards the end, but I wanted to ask one more thing. And that was about um, this role, because I've heard you talk a little bit about this recently, but the role of like the the trickster in your work. Oh, word. and kind of how. Because that's so prevalent in so many different cultures. And mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a big term. So, like, how do you use... Because, I mean, I heard you say it today. You're like, yeah, there's yeah, kind yeah. of like a trickster element in this work. And so, sure. like, what what trickster are you referring to? Because mm-hmm. there's... Throughout mythology. Yeah, it's like yeah. the... I mean, somebody brought up Prometheus For today sure. or something. But clearly there are many many different references yeah, yeah and shout out to that person because afterwards they were like i'm sorry for mentioning the only white trickster that i could think of <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> it was like thank you bro You're um, like, you know who invented tricks <laughs> <laughs> touche fam that would, be fucking, that would be so cool people were just like prometheus is fucking canceled <laughs> Oh, yo, that's hilarious. Wait a second. This is totally tangential, but could you imagine if Modest Yahoo came out right now? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. The, like yes. a Hasidic pro-Israel yes. like reggae star. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. Like, I think he was from like a rich New York family. Yeah, my I was ex- thinking about this the other day and I was like, if Modest Yahoo came out now, th- <laughs> it would, not, like, it would nah. not fly. I don't know. It might be cooler. <laughs> Maybe. <yeah. laughs> I don't know. There's something uh, about those paces. That he's, like, he's like, like shit, man. Honest. Come on, Zion, right? <laughs> Zion. <laughs> exactly, bro. Like, sorry. Okay, why, so. why? Why? What's wrong with two dreads? Oh, you know, <laughs> two dreads. What's wrong with that? Two dreads are very like shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he came out now, he'd probably be like a two chains ripoff. Oh know? my god. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but um what was the question trickster trickster, trickster. <laughs> you, when we already said uh, that prometheus is yeah white, yeah but, yeah so yeah so sorry okay. no no it's dude i'm loving this time <laughs> uh so 
I mean, this is just one lens to look through the work, but I think, I think, um, well, essentially the ability to skirt authority, I think is a necessary, um, element of, or rather facet of the black experience, you know? Okay. And, um, so I think there's that, but I think it's also a necessary facet of the American experience period. Yeah. Um, and so the way that I tap into that is through the history of Eshu, um, who is a Yoruban deity. And I'd say Eshu is the equivalent of genius from Greek antiquity. Okay. In the sense that um, in Greek antiquity, a genius visited the artist, you know? So the artist wasn't conflated with the notion of genius. And um, Eshu is the same, but the focus is on placing one in communication with their ancestors, in communication to um, what perhaps their culture has experienced, but they haven't experienced directly. Okay. Um, so like being able and, to tap into like, pa- like the, the wealth of past knowledge. Yes. Like experience. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. And that, and that Yoruban God, um, which, you know, is, it's also important to say that, um, Yoruba is, a, is a part of West Africa in which most slaves were sourced from. So this notion has transmuted and has become like Eshu is a legwa in Cuba, for example. Huh. Um, but anyways, this, this deity is also a trickster, right? They're the God of the crossroads. So they'll connect you to their ancestors, to your ancestors, but there's also an element of sleight of hand of deception, um, that is involved with what they represent. <clears throat> is that related to like the Robert Johnson yes. story? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. So like, yeah, yeah. Do you I mean, want me well, to you geek said, out on yeah, this? Yeah, do it. Or? Yeah, <laughs> please. No. Well, you said crossroads, and immediately I'm like, do I sell my soul to the devil to play a fucking mean riff? Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I mean, the answer for me would always be yes. <laughs> yeah. Or play that riff, baby. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but no, cool. Okay, um, yeah. So obviously, I can geek this, out on that. But I'll, no. So I'll this not. goes. Clearly, yeah, yeah, it has yeah. reverberations that go through tons of different things in storytelling sure. and find their way intercontinentally. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, like, as you came to America, became a monkey, became the signifying monkey. You know, have you heard of people like Dolomite tell a story and it's like the signifying monkey? But anyways, that's... No, I don't. That's essentially a representation of Eshu okay. in the same way that... Um, the rabbit is the trickster rabbit is kind of an evolution from that narrative and the monkey became the devil. So for Robert Johnson to have sold his soul to the devil was kind of this like twofold joke that his friends would have gotten. Like he sold his soul to his ancestors, but functions in a different way when he wasn't in the right coded space, perhaps. Wow. Yeah. 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 Whoa. That's cool. Yeah. The, I mean, it seems like it's funny, too, because the I, I like the notion of tricksters because there's clearly for me, like there's this relationship to kind of like yeah. humor, but to the much more like politically subvert, like it's not funny. It's not like, ha ha. Yeah. It's just like, but the 
to be able to like pull the wool over or to dance around authority or to do these other things Mm -hmm. and subvert, which is like, I think the notion of the trickster is really fascinating because like comedians think they do this shit, but they don't Mm. like most of the time. Like, I don't know if you watch like any mainstream, like late night show, like the, the monologue at the beginning, Mm. it's like painful to watch how like, self-satisfied people like, mm. <laughs> about like the president or something Yo, it's just like seriously. it's embarrassing mm-hmm. but like a trickster would be like um you know throwing a wrench in the machine For or so, sure. like something a little more like instead yeah, of yeah. um but that's interesting too yeah. i mean i think about too what you said just zooming back a little bit to this idea of the crossroads but what you said before about being able to produce music and present it, but reach a lot of people in the, in the balance between trying mm-hmm. to do that and thinking about, yeah, like, yeah. especially if you are a, a music artist, let's say, and you have the opportunity for commercial viability, but you, you basically end up at like this crossroads, like could reach a lot of mm-hmm. people, this message or could stand to lose all credibility. And mm-hmm. there's never an easy answer to it. Yeah. And the, it's always yeah. like, and in some ways, yeah, there's like a layered understanding too, of if you do decide to sign, people in certain communities that you're a part of will like get the joke or why you did it or what, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And there's a way to like even do like take this recursive route and like fold that back into itself. Yeah. 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 Poopity scoopy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That Kanye track. (laughs) And I'm sorry, this is going to, by the time that this comes out, this like won't even, this won't be like a hot take at at all. all. Because people will have forgotten that he did it. But yeah, that was, I mean, shout out to Pastiche for texting me that today. And then me trying to derail your uh, review by being like, James, have you listened to this new Kanye track? I was so. I was really hoping that you hadn't, and I would get to show it to you. And you were just like, "Yeah, of course I heard that." Yeah, I. All right, man. Should we stop? Yeah, yeah. We'll stop this. I'll punch this back in after we squeal about how proud we are of ourselves about Kanye and cut out most of that. But uh, James Alistair Sprague, thank you so much, dude. It was great to catch up with you. I appreciate having you on the podcast, and uh, to everybody out there listening, thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye, James. Later. Thanks for having me.